This is Alex Del Sordo, uh, Rower's Choice Podcast, and I- I'm doing a special interview today. I'm with Mike Smith of Plant High School in Tampa, Florida, and I walked into his boathouse, and it is your stereotypical Florida experience. There's there's uh, beautiful water, beautiful homes along the river. Um, you have a boat shed that looks like it's going to fall apart, but it's not going to fall apart. You have a smorgasbord of boats from Swift, um, Vespoli's, uh, Fluids, and, and even a couple uh, Resolutes. There's boats outside. There's some lizards on the ground, but it is a lot of fun. And, and, and today's brief episode, we're going to learn a little bit about Mike, and we're also going to talk a little bit about how you prepare your athletes for 2020, and specifically high school athletes, and then what are you trying to accomplish as goals for these athletes? So, uh, Mike, thank you. This is awesome. Absolutely. Um, listen, tell the people your background. Like, start from as early as high school rowing to how you got to Tampa, Florida, and why you're at Plant. Of course. Uh, so, personally, I'm the second of four children. Uh, my dad was a firefighter. My mom was a lab tech in a hospital. And so, certainly a working-class family uh, they managed to put all four of us through private school. Uh, that school was Mercyhurst Prep. And, you know, I've, I've played many sports. I played soccer, football, basketball, track. Um, and it wasn't until my senior year of high school that a friend of mine said, hey, you should try rowing. Um, You're a late bloomer. A late bloomer. I mean, I, I, I usually talk to people who've said they started eighth grade <laughs> freshman year. So Well, uh, and... My perception had been up to that point that rowing was just too expensive for me based on our family situation and things like that. Um, and so, but, but somehow my senior year, I was asked to try it and I, I thought, you know, why don't I give this a go? And my parents were supportive um, and it went really well. I uh, had a great senior year, um, ended up in the varsity four. We were kind of a small team, so we didn't really have... Did you have eights there? Uh, we had eights boats, I think, but we didn't... I, I had a novice eight that I was in, and then I was also in the varsity four. What so. kind of boats were you rowing in uh, over there? Do you remember Dorigo? Oh, yeah. Come on, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we had... So you were dating you a little bit here in age. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. a yeah, Dorigo. Was, okay, so the yellow, ago. the bright yellow. Oh, yeah, bright yellow. Uh, wooden wooden, wooden uh, ribs? Oh, yeah. Right? yeah okay. Wooden ribs, wooden seats, I think. Um, I don't even recall what the undercarriage looked like, but... Uh, or the shoes. Um so that's that was our boat. Um, I think hatchets were still kind of a new thing. Mm-hmm. So as novices, we learned on the spoons, and then it was, it was a big, big thing to learn to use the hatchets for the varsity athletes. It was like a, a rite of passage. Well, that so the hatchets came out early '90s, and Dartmouth was the one team that you know started using that blade, and they won the IRA, and and it was a big deal. So this this puts you in the '90s then. I mean, oh yeah, rowing in the. So I graduated '96. Okay. Yeah. 96. So at that, in 96, actually, uh, Atlantic City High School was the fastest uh, scholastic team in the country at that point. Uh, Atlantic City High School, that's where I'm from. Uh, great program. But you're you're in Erie, Pennsylvania, right? Yes. So what regattas were you racing in at that time? Uh, we certainly had one or two local regattas, you know, within an hour drive or so. I don't remember the names of them. We hosted our own uh, Mercyhurst Prep regatta every spring. Um, right on the bay of Lake Erie, uh, Presque Isle Bay. Uh, and then we were also going, you know, we occasionally qualified and sent boats to SRAs. Uh, that wasn't the case for, for my crew. 
Um, but we did go up to Canadian schoolboys. You know, we oh, you know, yeah. we didn't have to qualify to go there, so we went every year and gave it our best shot. Uh, I think we always went to the Mother's Day Regatta at St. Catharines. Oh, those are good races. Um, yeah, for sure. So then from there, you went, you rode in college. Yeah, from there I rode in college. Um, I had applied to Drexel and was accepted and just kind of struggled with what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day, because I happened to live close to Mercyhurst College, a uh, sister school of, of my high school, um, and so one day in the summer, the the men's coach, it was the head coach at the time, Sean Tobin, um, walked up to my door um, because I was literally blocks away from the school. Oh, man. Uh, walked up to my door and said, hey, her, talk to your high school coach, heard great things about wow. you. You know, would like to have you come on down and um, see what you do on the ERG. And, and That's go, really great recruiting. Yeah, it right. was. Yeah, very personable. So then you graduate. This is 2000, <clears throat> right? College, 2001, you graduate. Uh, yeah, I bounced around a little bit in college. I ended up transferring. So I actually started coaching in college because I transferred away from Mercyhurst and so inherently stopped rowing because I went to a school then that didn't have a team. And what was that? Um, I finished college at Edinburgh University oh, in Pennsylvania. Sure. So so a guy with three or four years of rowing experience, yeah. you started coaching. Yeah. And, and, and so what so what happened between 2001 to 2020? Like, where have you been in this 19, 20-year period? Uh, well, so I was coaching Mercier's Prep. Uh, I was became the, the women's coach at Mercier's Prep. Um, and then in 2002 was the first time that Plant High School had a, a head coach position open up. And I had been down here at one point just kind of for some time and I thought, you know what, Tampa was nice. Let me let me check out the position and apply for it, and moved down 18 here. Eighteen years. Yeah, I moved down here in two thousand two, and um, <laughs> I I coached at Plant for a couple of years, and then I coached at USF to help their club out for a couple of years. Sure. I coached at Hillsborough High School for a few years, so I've been around the Tampa circuit, um, and now I'm back at Plant. Everything's kind of come full circle. And Plant has seen some success over the years. Like when I was down in Sarasota, and when I was over in Orlando, I've asked about who are the top teams in, in, in Florida. Mm-hmm. Plant is at that top. Like, I hear a lot about Plant. So what races or what events have you seen success in the last couple of years with your team? Well, um, we we certainly see success in the fall um, at the Head of the South. Uh, we had been going to the Head of the Hooch, but moved to the Head of the South um, partly for logistics, but you know, then when we moved to the head of South, we we were becoming really successful there. Um, and then we host we host four regattas a year on yeah. our own. So we host the Halloween the like Halloween, right here out front. Uh, no, on the Tampa Bypass Canal. Oh, sure. Uh, we host the Halloween regatta in the fall, and a fall sprints in December, and then a spring sprints one and two in January and March. Nice. Um, so yeah, so we keep a we keep a busy schedule. Uh, we're pretty successful at those regattas, and um, we go to Sarasota's American Youth Cup in February, uh, where we are pretty successful. But you know, Sarasota is tough to compete with. Yeah, um, they're, they're, they're a powerhouse. But of course, that's why we like to go race them. You know, like that's, that. that makes us faster. Um, so, so you know, I'm 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 looking around. I see a bunch of trophies, though. So I, I saw a freshman eight girls freshman eight victory somewhere back over there. Um, where have you where have you laid claim like what what are some of the races that you've won and 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 
So Florida Florida State Championships, uh, if you don't know now, is two separate championships. They have a sculling uh, championship, and then one or two weeks later, they do the sweep championship. And you know, so we've we've become very successful very successful on the sculling side. Uh, several years ago, when Mike Mosley was the head coach, we brought on Stephen Long as our sculling coach, and he's now become our women's varsity coach, but. Um, he was, I think, instrumental in making the sculling side as successful as it is. Um, last year, uh, I want to say the the women's quads won all four categories. Wow. Um, and then, you know, we've certainly had success on the men's side as well. We had a men's quad a couple years ago go up to SRAs and, and take a silver medal. Um, and then we've had uh, success in the sweep side as well. We've uh, last year qualified our, our men's 1 and 2V and our women's 1 and 2V, as well as a women and men's freshman 8s to go up to SRAs. Um, so it's it's just something that, that we've strived for every year. Um, and to give a quick shout out to uh, Matt Abel, uh, I think he was key in getting the success of plants started when he was coaching here. Um, and I think Michael Mosley certainly carried that forward. Um, and so my goal is to continue the to continue the legacy. Well, you you brought up goals. So um, what I want the next five minutes to talk about is for young coaches, like guys and girls, men and women coaching that with thirty days experience or even like one year experience. You got twenty years down here in in Florida, or eighteen years. January sixth or whatever today is. How do you set your goals? for your athletes right now for the spring? Like what are key things that you're talking to them about and where and how are you ex um, creating expectations? Well, it's really kind of a, a broad topic because uh, I think you have to consider all aspects um, and you have to consider constantly on my mind is their their form and their technique because if, if they don't have that in a fundamental platform where it can progress, uh, with speed, then then the numbers on the erg aren't going to mean anything. Hmm. Um, you know, you can put your biggest guy on the erg, and and have him bang out the best that he can. But if he can do that correctly, um, then he's going to do it more efficiently and, and faster for yeah, sure. So. That, I got to interrupt. That that's a topic. So where I was, <clears throat> I wrote at GW and I wrote it at Mainland in, in high school. And, the early 2000s and even late 90s style of coaching was go as hard as you possibly can. Yeah. Like, I don't care what it looks like. Yeah. I want to see sub 610. And I'm finding it that in today's world, because there's like middle schoolers now coming in and you're finding that proper form really does matter. It's less and less of that. It's sure you want to be fast. You want to be strong. But form is such a big thing. So I'm really happy to hear that you care more about form at the start of the season than you do erg scores. Absolutely. Um, you know, of course, yes, erg scores are important, but um, the, in my opinion, the way to develop the erg scores is to start with the foundation. And I think the foundation has to be, are you getting the range of motion? Do you have, do you have the proper form? Mm -hmm. And are you building the aerobic base? You know, you, you can only go so far banging out short intervals. Um, if you don't have the base to support it. And you, you, but you're also unique that plant does sculling. So you don't see a lot of high school programs offering sculling and sweep. So the range of motion is huge, right? In a Correct. single and a double or a quad. For sure. 
And are you seeing that as part of your goal setting? Like, are you setting goals of expectations for your athletes to row skull and sweep? Absolutely, because um, I think one of the benefits of doing both is that it improves their range of motion and it improves their, it broadens their horizons. You know, they in, instead of just being stuck in a starboard sweep seat for for an entire season, um, they're not getting. So now they're not getting just one side overdeveloped versus the other side. They're getting. Um, sculling for for that um, balanced motion uh, and we encourage and, and try to get each athlete to row both sides so that they can mm -hmm. develop on both sides as well so okay so then you got the goal is set to initially to row well right get the range of motion have their athletes have your athletes just understand the stroke so once they've accomplished that like what's the next set of goals that you have now for your athletes for 2020 and, and the spring. Harder and faster. Harder and faster, that's it. That's, yeah, no, I guess that is, that's it, right? Like, you, work, you work your tail off to get athletes prepared to row hard, and yeah. now the goal now the goal moving forward is improve work scores, improve time on the water, and hopefully that translates to victories. Yeah, and I think it's important to give them um, tangible uh, and visual things to, to refer to. So, for instance, um, while the while the projections are kind of theoretical, you know, there's an understanding that if your boat average at this ergs is this erg score, your eight might be able to achieve this time on the water. You know, so I try to talk to them in terms of like, you know, look, in this lineup this is what your boat average is. So this is mm -hmm. this is how fast you you theoretically should be able to go in this eight. You know, can we go faster than that? Right. You know, and, and what can we do to improve our boat average on the erg? You know, so, yes, I want individual goals to be set to, you know, for the kids to see, like, I'm getting faster, I'm making progress as an individual, but I want them also to consider what they're bringing to the table for their team and improving the boat average as a whole. I like that. So do you do you remind yourself or at least do you remind the athletes of, of these goals consistently? Like, do you, do you have these conversations with them on a weekly or monthly basis? Or like, do you get to a point where it's the middle of the season, you're not worried about it, you're just focused on racing? Um, I'll be honest, I've done it both ways. Um, you know, coaching is a journey, just like anything else. And so certainly there have been times where I've caught myself like, oh shit, you know, excuse my language, but I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't communicate this early enough and now here we are. Um, but you learn from that and you move forward, you know, so I've learned to um, communicate earlier about what the goals are and what they need to be uh, and then to follow through on those and, and keep repeating that you know here's where we are and here's you know the progress we're making or not making and we need to do something different what's really cool is uh, it, it, it's great to hear that you're not setting goals to win a specific race or to you know you have to do this as an athlete you said it's a journey uh, athletes improve over the season that's that's an ultimate goal right but yeah, of course, we all want to win the state championship. We all want to win SRA nationals. Right. But I, I think sometimes with the athletes today, if you set that as ex expectations, anxiety is built up and they get nervous and scared if they're not moving in that progress. Can you speak to that? I mean, do you, how do you handle that? Yeah, and I think anxiety is a big topic because I mean, even on the ERG, I've seen kids perform better when you put their monitor down and they can't see it. I oh, think sure. I think just staring at the numbers for some kids uh, just fuels their anxiety, and and then they're all of a sudden they're unable to breathe or they're unable to perform because they they're not seeing what they want to see or what they mm -hmm. expect to see. Um, but then also with um, 
with the goals, I, they just need to be realistic and, and tangible. You know, if saying that I want you to win state championships, that's our goal. Um, what does that mean? You know, that, that there are so many other factors that are outside of the athlete's control that will affect that result that just makes it uh, a recipe for anxiety. So I think you have to focus on what they can do to improve and to be faster. This has been uh, an awesome time. So thank you for doing this with me. Um, I hope if you're listening, you've learned something about coaching athletes, high school specifically. Um, the next couple episodes, we're going to be talking to more coaches uh, down in the Florida area to learn about how they're um, how they're managing their teams and what they're going to be doing. So more from us soon uh, at Rower's Choice. Thanks for listening.